people have these insights and go, oh, I've been struggling with this problem for four months and couldn't figure it out. And five minutes of doing a scribble drawing, I've got a solution. Welcome to the Thriving on Overload podcast. I am Ross Dawson, a futurist and entrepreneur fascinated by how we can excel at dealing with the universe of information and the author of the book, Thriving on Overload. Every week, we share insights from information masters on how they transform today's avalanche of information into insight, foresight, and better decisions. For more goodness on this topic, be sure to visit thrivingonoverload.com, where there are wealth of resources to help you thrive, including all podcast episodes with transcripts, excerpts from my book, and if you are really intent on amplifying your information productivity, the Thriving on Overload interactive course, which helps you develop a personal information plan you can immediately put into practice. And be sure to sign up for our weekly Tips for Thriving newsletter if you want to optimize your information productivity. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe and give a rating or review on iTunes. It helps others interested in this topic to find these resources. Now, on with the show. On this episode, we learn from Stephanie Barnes. Stephanie is founder and chief chaos organizer of IntelliKey, a global network that works with organizations to solve problems in creative and innovative ways. She has a background in knowledge management, IT and accounting, and is also a successful artist. She now uses art as a catalyst for helping people do things differently and empowering individuals, teams, and organizations to resolve complex business challenges. You can find more on her work at RadicalKM.com and on Twitter at MPuzzlePiece. That's the letter M, Puzzle Piece. In this episode, Stephanie shares insights on radical knowledge management, the power of art, tapping intuition, building curiosity, and far more. Keep listening to learn from Stephanie's deep insights. Stephanie, it's wonderful to be talking to you today. Thank you, Ross. I'm so looking forward to catching up with you. So we encountered each other a very long time ago in what I think were called knowledge management circles at the time. Yes. Though I always thought of you as a learning person more than knowledge management, but now you have turned your attention to art. And so I'd love to hear uh, about that journey. Oh, yeah. Art's a, art's a long way from my, my undergrad in accounting and a, my MBA in IT, <laughs> that's for sure. So, and, you know, and it came, painting or art came, I'm going to say, relatively late <laughs> in life because it came out of a workshop I was in in 2011, a leadership workshop. Um, and we, but we painted as one of the the leadership activities to develop, you know, our leadership. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. How do I do more of this? Um, and I was already self-employed by that point and had been for, I don't know, eight years or, or so. So it's, it's hard to shift your focus when everybody knows you for, for one thing. And so it, it became, uh, how do I bring this into the knowledge management consulting that I was doing? And, um, and so I started just doing little playful creative, you know, interventions, 10, five, 10 minutes, scribble drawings and this kind of thing in my workshops and notice right away the shift in the energy and the engagement of people from these, these, like I say, stupid little scribble drawings that people throw in the garbage on the way out. But yet they were so much more excited and engaged in the material. Um, and I got much better responses and more thoughtful responses. And I just kind of went, there's something here. <laughs> and 
And so just kept pulling that that thread and doing the research when I had time and talking to other people that are in that intersection. And that's one of the the great things about moving to Berlin um, in 2015 was I've got connected to a whole bunch more people here in, in Europe that are in that space. And so, and I painted, I start paint, I, I went out the next day after this workshop and bought paint and have paint, painted ever since. So it, it informs everything. It informs my, my life, my knowledge management consulting. Yeah, it's just, it's part of who I am. So this is still part of knowledge management for you. So describe how that art is part of knowledge management or how that it evokes the frame of mind for people. What's, how is that connected? It's, I call it radical knowledge management, um, first off. So because about going back to the roots of how we learn. So in as much as I, I maybe didn't think of myself as a learning person when we originally met, you know, I have definitely become a learning person through this this process. And so Radical KM and bringing creativity and arts into knowledge management is about learning and about how reinvigorating how we learn and going back to those roots. And and as children, we're playful and, and creative and, you know, and we do all these crazy things because we don't know we're not supposed to. And and all of that curiosity and and iteration and that, you know, fearlessness around failure gets educated out of us and and we come be, become very fearful and you know it's got to be the right answer we got to have the right answer you know I've worked with so many clients that that they're like well just tell us what the right answer is and and we'll do that but you have to discover what the right answer is because the right answer just depends on the organization and the situation and so many factors and so the bringing art and and painting I love to when I have longer workshops so we can do painting and it really brings that curiosity back and and enlivens people and and helps them engage with things in a different way um and and in a more meaningful way um and helps them ask different questions about their work about their life sometimes um so it's yeah it's the the painting and the creativity comes in on the knowledge creation side and that that learning side of of things so um, it's it's good fun and um, has really opened people's eyes up to the things that we've lost. So, yes, indeed. So, I love the quote from Keith Johnston. You know, commonly describes the Godfather of improvis- improvisational theatre, saying that uh, that children are not undeveloped adults, but adults are atrophied children, and yes, yeah, the, yeah. I've always seen, I've experienced, and seen, you know. Educational institutions beat our well, lots of things out of us, including our creativity. <laughs> yes, but now, of course, we live in a world where we require lifelong learning. We all need to learn for all of our lives. And what, uh, as you know, John Hegel puts it, you know, the successful organizations then the ones that have not have scalable efficiency, but the ones that have scalable learning. So, given the context that you've given around art being a, an enabler of learning how do we bring that into our own learning and and that of organizations well for me it's about helping get focus on on what's important um and giving some clarity around around what i should be learning what i need to learn where are the blocks um you know what are what are the mindset blocks about you know oh i can't do this well why can't you do this 
And so many, and this is why I talk about with my Radical KM stuff, people are like, oh, but what if you do this? Or what if the organization is a bunch of lawyers or scientists and, you know, they're never going to let me do scribble drawings with them? I'm like, they're human beings. <laughs> um, give them, give them, give them some credit here. We all need this space. We all need to, you know, re-energize and, and help looking at things differently. I mean, Einstein played the the violin, right? As to give himself space and and help, you know, reflect on things and look at things differently. So if Einstein was doing it, <laughs> surely, you know, the rest of us could give it a try. It really helps give that that focus and 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 that um tapping into the intuition, the things that they're maybe afraid to to say and and it gives them some confidence to say, well, this came up, or I thought of this while I was, you know, doing the scribble drawing. Um, I've had people do, and and I talk about the scribble drawings all the time, because I've had people have real breakthroughs on thing problems that they were struggling with, um, and yet to look at them, the scribble drawing that takes five minutes, and you literally scribble on a piece of paper, and you can throw it out at the end, you know. They're nothing. They're not going to hang in the Louvre. This is not the, the point of, of any of this work. But yet people have these insights and go, oh, I've been struggling with this problem for for four months, you know, and couldn't figure it out. And five minutes of doing a scribble drawing, I've got a solution. Uh, and so this is the power of of this stuff. And so the one of the, the, the uh, I suppose, central you know, powers or capabilities I see in the well, thriving and overload, creating value in this world is, is synthesis. How it is we pull together the many disparate strands, the ideas into something which is coherent. And part of the thing is how do we get into that state of mind? Or how is it that we create the conditions whereby those, you know, we have the aha moments where the, we connect the dots. And so, so it sounds like what you're describing here is you're creating the conditions for, you know, the, the, unprepared mind to become a prepared mind or to to crystallize some of these connections. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's a process that I've used myself and use myself. Um, I know, and it's it happened the one of the best examples and longest examples um was was something that happened in the early stages of the pandemic a couple of years ago. And there's so much going on and there's so much I don't know, for lack of a better word, chaos and uncertainty. And and I have been self-employed for uh, there's 19 years now, so 17 years then. Um, and you know, and I'm like, what? How do I deal with with this? You know, how do I adopt my consulting practice um, for this? And so I ended up painting my consulting practice. And and when I started it, I thought, oh well. It's, yeah, I'll paint, you know, it'll take me two or three weeks. I'll create a painting. I'll get some insights, you know, I'll I'll be done. Um, and I'll be off to the races again with what I should do with my consulting practice. The reality was I ended up painting five paintings and it took me till Christmas. So it took me from September 1st, like 1st of September till Christmas. So three and a half months. Yeah, but I got all these insights. That's where the, the name Radical Knowledge Management came out of. Um, how I talked about it, how I put the pieces together, all of that came out of painting the process. 
and the the and I journaled the whole time because I I journal and I um at support people or advocate for people to to journal as they paint um, and keep track of all the things that they're they're thinking about because the mind doesn't like to rest <laughs> um, so pay attention to it and write it down and you, and there's all these insights so yeah the the radical km and when I start calling it radical km people are really engaged with that differently and yet I was aware of other people and other radical things out there and like you know are people going to just think I'm copying but and then I started to get this this um reaction from people and this engagement from people and like okay doesn't matter if they're speaking to them it makes sense because it it's about going back to our roots and listening to our intuition and and relearning that creativity and and so yeah so it's it but that that three and a half months of painting my my consulting practice was was really transformative um, and and help me get focused on how to talk about things. There are some, yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, the creativity is essential to all of us and something which we can nurture and which, you know, can bring massive benefits. But there are quite a few people whose roles means that they are deeply immersed in information, lawyers or macro investors or uh, researchers or so on. So, yeah, there is a irreducible amount of research and reading and finding the right sources. So how can this state of mind or these practices help us to be able to find what's relevant, to be able to you know, incorporate that into our thinking as, as easily or readily as possible? I think it, it helps us tap into our intuition and helps us to ask the questions. So doing having those, those kinds of roles, those research data intensive roles, um, they're important, but what's more important is knowing the right questions to ask, and and being curious, and and not just dismissing things when you see an anomaly in in that data. Just going, oh well, it's an anomaly. I just, you know, I'm just going to keep going. It's a it's a one off. It's not worth looking at. And and having the curiosity to go, oh wait, that's different than I expected. Why? Why is this just a mistake in the data? Maybe, maybe it is some kind of fluke in the the testing or you know whatever the the data collection. But but maybe there's something here that's different than I thought, and it's worth investigating and pulling that thread and seeing where it where it goes. So so the creativity work comes in to to help us be curious and help us not just dismiss things because they don't match what we were expecting. And so we kind of force fit them to, to match um, or ignore them because... Uh, so building you know, openness? Building openness, building curiosity, building, connecting to our intuition. Yeah, no, I, I, I certainly believe that openness uh, is a trait that is very much favored in the current environment. If we're closed... To uh, new ideas and information, that's not going to serve us very well when the world is changing fast. If it's changing fast, then it's actually probably useful to be open. So if we, whether it's art, practice, or anything else to enable us to do that, that's, that's incredibly useful. You are listening to the Thriving on Overload podcast. If you truly want to increase your information productivity, then check out the Thriving on Overload interactive course. It is designed to significantly enhance your information practices and habits, guiding you through creating your own personal information plan so you can excel in a world of overload. Go 
Go to thrivingonoverload.com slash course to find out more. Now back to the show. In terms of the intuition being able to guide us, yeah, well, of course, we have a limited amount of information. We're, and one of the fundamental choices we have almost at every moment is, is this useful? Is the, do I put my attention to this or do I not put my attention to this? And I suppose this has to be informed by understanding what it is you want, what your purpose or direction is. So how can we nurture or improve our ability to discern, to make, to, I suppose, uh, pick between what is worth casting our attention to? Yeah, and the, and this is the thing that I, I like to work with people on when we do the painting in, in the workshops and things. And, and I say, you know, hold the, the tubes of paint in your hand. Pay attention to how that, you know, the tube of red paint feels versus the tube of black paint. And just stand there. Don't rush. Just breathe into it. You know, it's okay. It's, it becomes meditative in a way. And, and so it's about paying attention to how things feel in our in our bodies not in our heads there's so much noise of people saying oh you know and ourselves saying oh this is stupid to stand here with a tube of paint in my hand this is this is ridiculous this is i'm gonna go make a cup of coffee when you quiet your mind and and start to listen to it it's like oh no wait i want to use the red one and not the black or i want to use the blue one or the purple one and not the whatever the other colors and so tapping into and to that and listening to that and learning how that feels with the paint and then transferring that over to to when we're doing the research and going hold there's something about this citation this this author the title of the 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 um article or the the author's names there's something there's something there i mean ultimately we're all connected right and and so pay attention to those little little serendipitous happenings and go oh look that words that words come up again i i feel like i should pay attention to this you know this is the fifth time i've seen this word in the last two days the universe is trying to tell me something so yeah it sounds in a way it's like being in tune with yourself oh absolutely and uh, you know that's one of the great faculties we need to nurture is saying well you know, my, do I know my own, my, do know myself? As in saying, well, it is the red that I feel like, or it is, you know, this uh, idea, or it is this information, or whatever, as opposed to being too routine, or, uh, you know, something which is, you know, just all happening at a unconscious or habitual level. Yeah. Or because somebody else told us, you know, because. Our parents told us, or our partner told us, or one of our colleagues told us. So we just do it because that's what they said to do, and it takes the decision making out of our hands. And you know, and and yet it's really important to know ourselves and to know what's important. Um, our parents certainly, as when we were children, have our best interests at heart, but but we only know what's inside of us, and and as a starting point. But you know, with our parents and their guidance, but. But this is part of becoming an adult and listening to what's important to to ourselves, to to myself, and you know, and then going from from there. And that's useful. And from all these other people and things and articles and you know, all these things outside of me are 
are important data points, but they're just data points and I need to be in touch with with myself and what's important to to me um, and and execute on on that, move forward on that way. So knowledge management, you know, is always implicitly organizational knowledge management. And and then, uh, you know, the term personal knowledge management came up as saying, all right, as an individual, how do you manage knowledge? And always manage is not a great word to stick in there, but, uh, you know, it's about knowledge. Let's say knowledge and individuals. And so, you know, you're working with knowledge management and you've taken this radical new approach. So... Let's say somebody says, all right, I want to enhance my ability to create knowledge. What, what are some of the recommendations you would give? What are the things which they, you would suggest to them? What are the, the pathways that uh, they can take? I would say get in touch with what's important to you. You know, what's, what's your purpose? I hear a lot of talk about purpose, and I never really thought about purpose when I started on this journey you know, when I finished, I go back to when I finished my MBA, you know, in the late 90s. And and that was something that I did because everybody said I should do it, you know, but it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. It it seemed to be a means to an end, certainly, but but it was because I had all these voices. And, and so I started to think after that about, oh, hold on here. What do I really want for myself and my, my life? And so, and I just got curious. And this is when I started really playing with creativity and and different things and and so if i want to create knowledge for me it's about getting in touch with what i want and then that helps me focus on okay what kind of knowledge do i want to do what topic what what areas um what things interest me um and that the creativity really helps me refine that what's important to me what what i find interesting and now it has other benefits certainly too, but but yeah, I would start with that that getting in touch with me myself, and then my experience has been as you get the more clarity you get around, or well, the more clarity I've gotten around what it is that I want, then the opportunities come up. The I meet the people, I make the connections, I get invited to write a journal article, you know, I get invited to do a project whatever these these opportunities come up so there's a, a synchronicity about it um the the more in touch and um focused that i get the the more things just kind of fall into place so let's say you are yeah you you're information intensive you have a clarity around your purpose you're scanning lots of information is there any particular way that helps in terms of being able to capture that, to be able to draw connections, to be able to make lots of information into, you know, in really developing your knowledge. I mean, what, what are some of the, I suppose, you know, techniques or practices, I suppose, to, to really develop knowledge from the information you have and from the purpose, which, as you say, must be the starting point. Yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, the practices, the other stuff aside, the, is I like mind maps, honestly. And, and I like to go through the, um, the bibliographies and the references on, on papers that I have or books that I've found interesting and useful and go, well, this book that I found really useful has some really good references. And this is one of the things I pay attention, a lot more attention now to than I did even when I did my MBA, 
um, is, you know, who, who are these people referencing and what can I learn from them and go back to that source? So, and create the mind maps. I have so many mind maps. Uh, can And the, I like the mind maps because I can just put things down and organize it all later. Um, and I don't have to, when I write lists of, of things, inevitably I get stuff that I want to have in two places or I want to show there's a connection or some. So making some kind of point form list just doesn't ever work. So when I discovered mind maps, <laughs> um, that was a big, big deal. And I can color code them and, you know, do all kinds of, of things with the technology that way. Cause I do use technology. I don't draw them by hand, but. So you do mind maps on, uh, on screens. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. On my, on my laptop or on my iPad or yeah. So uh, how do you start with the, does your, do you have clarity on what is the central node in the mind map when you begin or does that evolve? Um, I definitely start with something. It does have a tendency to evolve. So I try to start with the 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 question that I'm starting with or or the topic. Um, and then, yeah, and then it does evolve. Sometimes I go back and edit it or I create a new because it goes off in a completely unexpected direction and I just start a new mind map because um, one of the branches just goes, you know, crazy. <laughs> um, so just move it all onto another mind map and start over again or start, you know, round two. Um, and yeah, and so that that helps and that that shifting things around and, and going, oh, no, hang on, this, this belongs over here. Um, or I need to connect to that because they're right in the same, you know, they're right in the right branches, but there's a connection between the two. So I like to be able to to do that. So yeah, some of my mind maps get a little <laughs> a little hairy, but then it's so easy to go. Oh, okay. So now I've got this great mind map and all these things, and I'm going to write an article. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to create that knowledge that you know, create a webinar, create a presentation, whatever it is I'm going to do with with it. Um, I've got all the I've got all the framework built out. So. I end up a lot of times, I wrote my third Radical KM article this way. I had started with the mind map and to write in, I was going to write like a 500 word blog post. Um, and and I end up with this this mind map and and I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to dictate um, this article because the, the voice, the translation, the AI translation tools have gotten way better um, than, than they were, you know, 10 years ago. I wrote my first book dictated into um, Dragon Naturally Speaking. And it was, oh, right. you know, we had to train it and, and all of that stuff. But now, you know, I, there's a couple of different tools that I use, the AI translation tools. There, um, and and yeah, there there's no training involved. <laughs> they do a really good job. So I started to, to, I started with this mind map and thought, well, I'll just dictate this and, and I'll have the 500 word, word article and I'll, you know, do the little bit of editing that I need to do. <laughs> By the time I got done, I had, well, I think it was 2,500 words. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, so much for my blog post. Who who might be interested in publishing this as an article? And I ended up getting it published because the, the journal I contacted had had an author cancel out that they weren't going to be able to to publish. And so they were actually kind of glad that I... I had sort of spontaneously generated this this article by by accident. I say it as my it was by accident because it started out as it was supposed to be a blog post. So, 
yeah. But so the AI and the mind map and yeah, it's it's a dangerous thing. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, I'm personally looking for those enablers of, you know, crystallizing content. You know, you have taken lots of ideas, have lots of ideas, but just getting those out. And I think that's a wonderful, you know, it's what it works for you. But I think that combination of being able to capture ideas on mind map, then be able to talk and, you know, capture some of the ideas, then pull those together. And it's, uh, that, that sounds like a wonderful approach. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be my next book. <laughs> right. Ah, I look forward to that. So, to round out, you know, from this frame of, you know, which your, I suppose, this you know, radical approach which you're bringing, or, or I suppose, what are some of your own practices or that you would suggest to people to potentially try out that they may find useful? I think what you've just uh, talked about and using the mind map and, uh, you know, the transcription software, I think, is, is wonderful. So, what are any other practices or even just ways of thinking that you think uh, ones that people could sort of try that on to uh, see whether it works for them? I think a lot of times we want to shortcut and jump to the middle or jump to the end, but there's so much to be learned by taking a breath and stepping back and going, what am I really trying to do here? And whether it's going for a walk or painting or cooking or gardening, or, you know, give yourself the space. We're so engulfed in this, I have to be busy um, and I have to look busy to, to everybody else and I have to be doing something all the, the time. We're human beings. We need a bit of space to breathe, to relax, to question, to really reflect. Reflection is so important. So don't try and shortcut it and jump out, you know, I'm just going to do this because this is the way I've always done it. No, take a step back. What makes sense? The world has changed. We have changed. Maybe our decisions need to change too and do things differently. And so take that, take, give yourself permission to, to take that step back and ask what's really important. That's, that's fantastic uh, advice. And I think uh, you know, we, we all should do exactly what you said. So where can uh, people find uh, more about your work? The easiest thing maybe is RadicalKM.com. Um, short and easy. They can find me on LinkedIn for sure. Um, my my LinkedIn, the end of my LinkedIn profile is Stephanie A. Barnes. Um, so either place is, is good. And certainly you can find me from the webpage on LinkedIn. I'm I'm really active or fairly active on, on LinkedIn with with posting and sharing and commenting and, and things. So um, that's definitely a good place to connect to me. Fantastic. Thanks so much for your time and your insights, Stephanie. Oh, you're welcome. It was, it was fun. Thanks, Ross. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want more resources to help you thrive in a world of exponential information, go to thrivingonoverload.com, where you can find all podcast episodes, transcripts, show notes, excerpts from my book, Thriving on Overload, the Thriving on Overload interactive course, and a trove of other useful content and resources, including a weekly Tips for Thriving newsletter to keep across it all. If you like this episode, please do help us be found by giving us a rating or review, and subscribe if you'd like to hear more. This is Ross Dawson. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day.